Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Full force, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Brighton held Chelsea again and Fulham kicked the crap out of another opponent. It's Wednesday, 19th of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Vinicius Nadaraja. And I'm Andy Russell. Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday. You've probably had a few hours of Wednesday already, but it really starts now. How are you doing, Ando? I like the official start of Wednesday, as decreed by Marcus Speller. <laughs> can you officially start all my days for me? I can do, Andy. Like but with, a, with, uh, with, a, with a starting pistol? It'll cost you money and emotions. Uh, Vish, what about you? <laughs> yeah. Would I'm... you like to wake up to me every morning, baby? <laughs> sometimes I do, because we, you know, we message back and forth, and sometimes I've got a lovely message from Speller to greet me. Often from the night before, but... Uh-huh. You never message me back. That's not... Uh... That's not true, is it? <laughs> I always start the conversation um, <laughs> and then have to end it with it. Well, thanks anyway. Um, uh, how about last night's football on the South Coast, Andy? One all it finished, Brighton versus Chelsea. Again, Brighton holding Chelsea. They gave them a proper old runaround, you'd have to say. Yeah, I'm not sure holding's really the right word in this case because mm-hmm. it kind of felt like... Chelsea holding Brighton. And that was some, something that Thomas Tuchel kind of touched on afterwards. He did. Now, uh, never have I heard, I think, such a weary manager at the front of mm. a set of apparently so weary players. You know, they, they have been through the ringer and I, I accept that. Having said that, um, before we get on to their tiredness versus their resources, mm-hmm. Brighton were just excellent. Mm. Really excellent. Mm-hmm. And um, to see them play so well against... You know, one of the better teams in the Premier League, whatever they've been through in the last month and a half. It, it was it was super, super impressive. And I think sometimes we can really underrate, and you know, maybe a section of the Brighton fans can underrate exactly what 
Graham Potter's done. Now, I, I You're know referring to those who booed him all those I months am. ago. Yeah. I thought he reacted that. really well to that. I, mean, I know this is we're going over old ground here, <laughs> but in terms of like where they are now, or rather that performance they put in yesterday mm. specifically, the way that he was like... Honestly, what are you complaining about? And then has shown them since yeah. then of like. Did he, but when he walked around each stand last night shouting passionately, you're not booing now, are you, you mugs? No, you it's, 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 no, <laughs> no but I, I could understand, you know, when he went around a bit before that uh-huh. as well. Oh, no, no, it was afterwards when he went around and was like, no, where is he? Honestly, where, where are you? Where are you now? <laughs> Do you know him? Yeah. <laughs> that, some of that, or maybe all of it, didn't happen, of course. But um, Andy, you said Brighton were, it was impressive what they did. Um, was the most impressive thing that header from Adam Webster? Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Come on! It, it, it wasn't just the distance, it was the angle. The pace. And the cleanness of the hit. It was yeah. absolutely glorious. A it, glorious header. Uh, it wasn't equalised yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the way he headed it, it was so clean that you wonder if he even felt it. You know, sometimes if you like, yeah, you know, know when you, you strike a football mm. with your foot and primarily... Yes. You're like, right, wow, I know that's good. I mean, he's, he's middled it, basically. Yeah, he has he? middled it. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it was, um, I, I think it was Joe Cole or maybe Glenn Murray made the point in on the in the BT studio where it was like, brilliant header, well worked. Weird to see a header in the box where someone doesn't need to jump from a corner. Mm. And you think that, I suppose that is also, a, you know, a sign that it wasn't defended particularly well. Yeah, I did think Brighton's move for that set piece was really interesting because because Chelsea was zonal. They managed to get the, the contort it in a way that, it, you know, when you see a steal from that, it looks like Chelsea's players are marking each other. Are you having to go at zonal marking? I don't, no, I'm not. I don't, I don't have the qualifications to tell you which is better or which isn't. <laughs> well, I like the mixed one. Uh-huh. Like a bit of both. You like yeah. sweet and salty popcorn. <laughs> the um, I, I did also think, though, we saw basically the limitations of Brighton yesterday to a point, didn't we? Mm. Because What, in only scoring one goal and not winning the game? Yeah, well, exactly. Because they had chances to. There's certainly moments that, or openings that should have presented themselves. And, and not just Welbeck going through and Molpe's miscontrol in front of goal, even McAllister's duffed shot when it was pulled back to him. But also there were, there were moments where you were looking for that final ball and you're like, it might be because of distrust with, with the strikers, but you're like, just I wonder if they have someone who, or how much better they would be if they had someone who was, ta- who was willing to take a gamble. Whether that was a striker who would just you know, dart to the front post or whether that's someone in the attacking midfield sense who will play like a bit of a risk ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the final ball was there enough for them to have won the game. Uh, but it's just the perennial problem with Brighton. In, in le- in basically, unless they unearth a hidden gem in the transfer market, and I realise there are gems and there are gems, them unearthing a hidden gem would be getting someone for, you know, 15 or 20 million still, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they're never going to get the centre forward they need to take them to the next level unless they're extremely lucky and it falls into their lap really. And that's why you've got to gamble on Danny Welbeck being the Danny Welbeck we all really hoped he would be rather than the ghost of Danny Welbeck, which is obviously not the case. I mean, he's never been a prolific goal scorer though, has he? No, but the player that he threatened to become before everything. Now's his time is what you're saying. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. But yeah, you you have to to operate with that mindset that like, yeah, I'm... You know, it might work for us. Yes. You know, I might be able to unlock yeah. something of them. Because it was funny, you know, looking at that Chelsea team and I remember the start of the season when they were defensively really sound and still not quite clicking up front. I was like, oh, I'll presumably, you know, the upfront stuff, that'll work itself out because they have so many good options. And like, even one of those options in the Brighton team would take them to a completely different level. Yeah. And yet they can't seem to find the right combination, can they? 
Chelsea, yeah. that is. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And I mean, but, I mean, Tuchel said this in the Manchester City game, you know, we were poor up front or words to that effect. Uh, it was interesting that Hakim Ziyech and Romelu Lukaku having a, what seemingly looked like a heated debate at half-time. And then the celebrations for Ziyech's goal were muted because Thomas Tuchel said they were too tired. <laughs> that goal scored in the first half. Whatever you do, lads, conserve energy and don't celebrate properly. But it is quite odd, though. You are right in saying that they, the, the, the combination's up front because Lukaku comes in and you think, right, well, there's your man, there's your, there's your focal point. But it's not quite working out like that. Well, I think the, At a crucial stage in the season. Part of that is that turn of phrase, isn't it? Um, Lukaku is your focal point. He was part of the best two probably and the best front two in world football for the last couple of seasons him and Lautaro mm. and all of a sudden he doesn't have his Lautaro and that makes a, a huge difference now I know people will say it costs a ton of money he's got to adapt he's gone in there with his eyes eyes open I think all of those things can be true but at the same time you have to accept that there is a sense of adaptation that he's maybe closer to his Manchester United role than than his Inter one, which is a bit of an issue. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm. Yeah, that was exactly the problem. There was one game, I remember, where he looked happy. Or he certainly looked like, because there was chat about, chat before, you know, in his last season about the issues, you know, pertaining to his position on the field. And there was one game, I think it was Arsenal in the FA Cup, where he was basically out wide on the right and destroyed them. Destroyed them probably relatively, you know, relatively speaking. But right. he looked like it, it was a side to him that we'd seen a f- flashes of before. Mm. And I thought, so it oh, shit, court, court, court final good. against Brazil. Uh, yes. oh, no, no, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking for Manchester United. That is, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just with the with the Chelsea stuff, I, I don't necessarily mind. Well, I don't mind at all actually the Ziyech and Lukaku chat because it seemed to be quite constructive. Because agreed. Yeah. A, a few times it was basically like you know for the goal, for example. I think it was a bit like. Uh, Lukaku was explaining to someone else I just want it like yeah. here differently and obviously that's not a problem with Lukaku and Zia that's a problem with Lukaku in the system really um, and it seemed quite constructive and, and quite those are the kind of conversations you want to have yeah I don't think it's a problem I mean you mentioned his partnership with La- La- Lautaro Martinez could Timo Werner be his Lautaro Martinez uh, no well Timo Werner said that uh, he not, said, not that I don't like Timo Werner but well he said yeah. sometimes um he, he says that uh, he, he doesn't know why the Chelsea fans are supporting him so much, but he says maybe it's because I'm a striker and I want to score but miss chances. That That's what everyone likes in a striker. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe. I, 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 it's quite interesting. He, he, um, he comes across really well on interviews. I think he does. He's genuinely quite funny. He's yeah. done some like little bits here and there. Um, I still can't get over the fact that every time he comes on, he looks like he's, it's look like he's just discovered he has feet. Yeah, and I, I like at any moment in time, I'm waiting for him to like fall on his back and like try and put them in his mouth. But he's like really happy to see them, and he's like, oh, "This is going to be brilliant. yeah." It's like, bloody, I can run. People, How good is this? I mean, it does say it does say something about the treatment he had in Germany. Well, I was going to say, Andy, really? because people forget or, or maybe don't know that he got a lot of treatment in Germany. Was it because he was a diver? They said or something. Uh, yeah, but also because he left Stuttgart for Leipzig. Yeah, and so he's had a lot of hate in there, his own country. Was, so this stuff about him getting a bit of stick over here and thinking, "Oh, he doesn't seem to be affected by it." No, he's probably there, not. There, he's there was to... there was a. a, a a German, there, there was a, a big German holiday hit that played in the clubs of Mallorca. Oh yeah, that um, that that was that was about him being a, a son of a bitch. Oh dear! Well, who, what, who recorded that? Uh, 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 what, what's 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 his name? 
It'll come back. It'll come back to Scooter! me. Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I bet it was old Scooter, wasn't it? Up to his old tricks. Um, Andy. Apparently, there's uh, you know among the links with Everton, Graham Potter's name was mentioned. Now we'll talk about Everton in in the second half. But uh, Graham Potter said before this, he said it's hard to be a sexy name in football when you are called Potter, especially if your first name is Graham. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I think the beard overcomes all. Possibly. Paul, Paul Potter. No, that doesn't work. It's Paul Potts, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> There's, I mean there is a there is a more obvious choice. Fish, Harry Potter. Correct. You wouldn't want to fuck Harry Potter though, would you? What? Who's <laughs> talking about that sexiness? Who's <laughs> talking about fish? Come on, that's very. Oh, well, actually, actually, chicks do uh, chicks dig, dig scars, don't they? Chicks. <laughs> He's got one on his little forehead. When um, when that, you can stop at any point. When the bald man tried to attack him when well, he was a baby. Is that right? You've seen Harry Potter, haven't you? <laughs> I've never seen Harry Potter, no. Because uh, I'm cool. Um, anyway, talking to cool people. You'd, you'd see it if he was sexy, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you've got me there. Um, Speller would just lock him under the stairs. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Careful, Andy. That's quite a <laughs> serious accusation. Um, speaking of cool people, John Terry, a uh, little social media update from him. He's posted a picture, or, uh, this was last Sunday on Instagram, uh, in the cockpit of a plane with a caption, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. If you got into a plane and John, you heard John Terry say that, Andy, what would you think? I think I'd rather fly Ryanair. Would you think? I hope Ricardo Carvalho is up there with him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, gentlemen, we've got to move on to the championship. uh, We've got to. Where it's all happening. It is all happening. Fulham beat Birmingham 6-2. 19 goals in the last three games uh, for Fulham. I mean, this is just absolutely magnificent Can I stuff. ask you a question? No. What, uh, what, what, a third of matches in Fulham's history. Uh, Don't kill his vibe. Six plus goals have come within the last eight days. That's astonishing, isn't yeah. it? So, so what, has, what has Marco Silva done to them? He's just let them play. Let the boys play, Andy. Do you know what? Last Six goals last night. Not, Mitro didn't even score. It's amazing. It is quite something. Uh, 27 goals he's got so far this season he'll be furious that he never scored last night let's be <laughs> honest think I could have got to 30 it was funny actually because when uh, Lee Bowie was talking um, uh, after Birmingham drew with Preston and the, the reporter said you know what about the quick turnaround of games obviously you've, uh, you've you've got Fulham next and he went yeah they've scored 13 goals in two games yeah looking forward to that he <laughs> <laughs> was just so defeated beforehand it's like well, you, can, you can have a go man you know, you know? I, was, I was having a Mitro discussion with someone the oh, other day, I get quite passionate about. This I ending. I think we're about to get into the Don't. the really good bit of Mitro's career. Ah, okay. One because obviously he's scoring for fun at a level that he's never reached before, but also you look where he is with Serbia, and of course we've had a lot of chat in recent weeks about Dusan Vlaovic um, with Arsenal mm-hmm. um, pining for him, but because Vlaovic is like, how can I put this? A grown up. Despite only being twenty-one, what are you saying? And, Mitrovic isn't. Well, yeah, I think I am saying that. <laughs> I, I, I think that he's a specific type of grown-up. Mitrovic has grown up quite a bit, though, in the last few years. I would say. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think the interesting thing is the fact that Vlaovic is clearly going to start for Serbia mm-hmm. in the in the future doesn't mean and. You know, Mitrovic has got an enviable goal-scoring record at 40, international 44 level. Forty-four international goals in sixty-nine international it's, games. It's, it's very impressive. That's He's very only twenty-seven impressive. as well. But, but a striker, just like any other player, is not defined merely by goals. And basically, he can just do him. He can uh-huh. be chaotic now because they have a frontline striker who 
has got a head on his shoulders and do, does all the sensible stuff. So Mitro can just be Mitro now, which I think is great. I think he's great. He used a little bit angry with Mitro because he confined your Portugal to a playoff spot with the qualification <laughs> of the World Cup. No, My Portugal. <laughs> Look, Andy. Did, I he think... hurt, did he hurt Turkey in any way? <laughs> His father there was such a shambles last summer. Oh, <laughs> Lemitrovic, I think still uh, haven't forgiven you for that. Indeed, yeah. But Fulham, though, it's it's, it's going great guns under silver. I'm really interested to see them next year in the Premier League. Ooh, I was, gonna, I was already up, according to Andy. <laughs> I was that's exactly what I'm saying. Nah. Do you do you see something that's different then? with this team that w- would be more transferable to the Premier League. Yeah, well, that, that's the trick, isn't it? I, I, I say Fulham under Jukanovic, of course, uh, were so good to watch and they were or brilliant. fun, right? Yeah, yeah. but, it, but it, it didn't translate to the Premier League. Under Scott Parker, I thought, oh, maybe because it's a little bit more sort of battling and a bit more uh, pragmatic, maybe, um, that might sort of translate, as you say, and it, and it didn't. Um this time round, Silva has he's managed in, in he knows the league, um, <laughs> and it would be interesting to see. Presuming Fulham go up, I mean the funny thing is they've scored all those goals. They're actually only five points above yeah. second place, and Blackburn are hot on their heels. Although Blackburn are a side that they've absolutely smashed this season yeah. as well. Yeah. So they did have a bit of a, a poor period. Fulham, what was it, five games or something like that without 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 winning? So and, and it's the championship. There is ebb and flow. I mean, with those kind of results, yes, they've come in quick succession. It, I mean, they have put themselves in a, in a, in a tremendous position. I think mm. Fulham's goal difference is forty-seven. No wow. other, no team in the league has scored forty-seven goals. Their goal difference is higher than than Bournemouth's. How many they've scored? Wow, it's sensational stuff. But, but, but we shall see if these last three games are indeed indicative of of the rest of the campaign uh, um, and so on. But they've put themselves in a wonderful position. Uh, and uh, bottom line, know, Mitro needs to pull his finger out and start scoring. Well, again. if you're not going to score in games like that, then don't bother, mate. Take your 27 <laughs> goals and go elsewhere. Uh, of course not. Um, but yeah, but impressive stuff uh, from Fulham chaps. I'd like to go to the African Cup of Nations if we may. Uh, the big story from yesterday, of course, was Comoros beating Ghana three two and Ghana going out of uh, of the Afcon after. The, the first round, not winning a game and, and so on. And I, 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 unprecedented seeds for Comoros. I mean, obviously, it's a tiny country. It's their first time that they've been there. So to, to get that win uh, against Ghana, I mean, Comoros are third in the group and, and it will be the, the best, um, a bit like the Euros, your four best third place yes. teams. I'm not sure where they are at the moment. With just three points, they, they, they may struggle, but we shall see uh, with other results and other games uh, to be played. Um, but... I, you, Vish, you've got to look at Ghana and think, flipping Nori, you know, they'll be right annoyed because obviously they went down to 10 men, slightly controversially, got it back to two all and then uh, and then three, two Comoros and it was all over. Curtains. Yeah, it was interesting. A few, few, few people I follow who support Ghana have been saying for the last month or so that this could be quite ugly. Mm, right. this, this feels like the worst Ghanaian team in a while. And it was almost like there was a sense that, well, obviously they were supporting their team, when they got back to two two, they're like, "Do we deserve it?" Like, you know, because what yeah. if they if they got the, yeah, it, it felt a bit like that. You know, some chickens were coming home to roost, and I thought the Andre Ayew red card was a bit harsh. Yeah, do, do, do you think? Because I think that's the sort of one that, I, and I, I love Andre Ayew, but I think that is one of the sort of challenges that always gets given as a yellow. But if you actually look at the challenge. 
it's definitely a red. It's, it's, it's just one of the, one of those ones that doesn't often get given as so because you're you're yeah. challenging for a loose ball yeah, in front right. of the goal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, the fact it's, is... It's dangerous. And then to sure. you, yeah, you lose your inhibitions, don't you? Do you remember when Solomon Kalou, um, Solomon Kalou did it? He, he scored a studs-up goal, didn't he? Against, yeah, double Sorensen, wasn't it? Yeah. For, against uh, Thomas Sorensen. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. And, and Sorensen had to go off because his yeah. arm was fucked, yeah. Yeah, well, look, it's a huge disappointment for God. I mean, they brought back Milovan uh, Rajovic, who was the man who guided them to the World Cup quarterfinal in 2010. So they brought him back and it's just not worked out. They would have been disappointed to lose the lead against Morocco when they, when they drew one all. Against Gabon, they conceded late and then it all kicked off, of course, after the final whistle and, and Benjamin Tete was given a post-match red card. And it, but, but, in, but it's funny because in that game, when Ayu scored that absolute fizzer into the corner and they saw the celebrations, mm. it, felt, it looked like Ghana thought, right, lift off, here we go. Mm. They don't they don't win that game. Then they go into this one, sending off and so on, and it's it's finished in in tatters. I don't think anybody would have had them down perhaps to win the tournament, but out in the first round, bottom of your group in a group containing Comoros, you know that that will be quite damning, and a lot of questions will be asked uh, in, in in Ghana about that. Um, uh, but um, uh, Gabon uh, drew two all with with Morocco to seal second place. Impressive because I've I've sort of tipped Morocco really to actually go on and maybe do something here. Did you did you see uh, um, the, the absolute pinger of a free kick from Ashraf Hakimi? I did. Somebody mm. asked whether he meant it and I thought, I think he did. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I mean, that would be a <laughs> yeah. dreadful cross. <laughs> so, yeah, that would have gone way over everybody. <laughs> but if you see his eyes as well when he hits it, mm. he, he very, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he very much meant that. Um, but what about Gabon, Andy? They've overcome a lot of adversity off the pitch to create a bit of a feel-good factor around their side. And, and apparently, reports are saying the country's quite behind them which is a surprise or, or refreshing for that crop of players. If you'd have said before the start yes. that Aubameyang and Lamina aren't going to play a single minute between them <laughs> and yet they're going to qualify, that, yeah. that is, it's remarkable. Yes, well, they've gone home due to medical reasons, but they were they had been in trouble from the, the staff and the, and the manager for, for Look, disciplinary if, reasons if ahead you, of the tournament. If your plane stops at Dubai and you have to change planes, <laughs> your plane stops at du- in Dubai and you have to change and planes. And if your mask slips off your face when you should be wearing it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, the airport where the spoons. If you're a footballer and you're having to find yourself in Dubai, you are legally obliged to go to a restaurant, post about it on Instagram. It, uh, it's not his fault. No, no. I, I have to say, I, I just think if you're getting busted for doing stuff that you shouldn't be mm. on socials these days I mean you deserve everything you get I can't <laughs> believe you can be that dumb Yeah, it's just mm. yeah. anyway but it is incredible that they've gone through the group and obviously as well much more sort of uh, the horrible stuff is that there's a sexual abuse scandal that's cast a, a shadow uh, over Gabonese football that's in, under investigation at the moment so as I say a lot of adversity off the pitch there but the fact, but the but the this current team with their results and their performances and what they've got, they've got everybody on side back home in Gabon and and they're through the knockouts. Yeah, you were saying before we went on air that like it it seemed that the people of Gabon had turned their back on the team in the lead up to this. Because According of, to because report, of, I'm going on report. Yeah, yeah. sure, but I haven't gone of, over there and had a look. <laughs> do a little survey. <laughs> watch the boys. Come just, on, I'm just going over to Gabon to do some vox pop. <laughs> 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 Speaking one of his six languages. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, uh, right, well done to Gabon and Comoros. Uh, it's time for a break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This week, Clive Anderson is joined by comedian Stephen K. Amos on My Seven Wonders, the show where guests select their personal seven wonders of the world. Stephen discusses his fame down under, who inspires his comedy, and how he got on during lockdown. My dad, early 80s, came to stay with me for two weeks of the lockdown. I had no idea after all these years that he is a twat. I had no idea, Clive, that the heating in my house could be set to lava. And I said to him, why is the heating on so high? And without skipping a beat, he just said, I don't pay the bill here. Now, this <laughs> is <laughs> it's the kind of thing I have to deal with. Listen to My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In football, you've worked with and alongside some of the biggest names in the game, some of the biggest coaches you've come up against as well. Who's been your biggest influence in your coaching career? Sick myself. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. That was Josie Mourinho and friend of the Ramble, Kay Murray. Marvellous, absolutely marvellous. Right, everybody, it's Wednesday, so it's time for Pep Talks. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! We drink all right, drink water and relax. Lovely. Not drink John. wine and relax. <laughs> not what he's saying. Go on, Vish, get us off to a good start here. I've got an email from Andy, not this one here, mm. someone else somewhere. I've got an issue that I reckon is right up your street. My son is six and wants to come to the football with me. As we all know, there is some language that you wouldn't want your kid to repeat. So I need your help with covering up what the fans are actually singing when he asks. I've already changed United shit, City's worse, to United stinks, City's worse. But I'm struggling with lines like, always look on the turf more for shite. (laughs) (laughs) Your support is fucking shit. Uh, Wanker, wanker, wanker. Or fuck off Chorley, we went and won the league. Or Ashley Palmer's magic, he wears a magic hat. 
And if you throw a brick at him, he'll head the fucker back. <laughs> oh, I think you're fighting a losing battle there. So, uh, yeah, any signs off with any help would be appreciated. So I, I think, as someone who doesn't have kids, I don't want to be flipping about this, mm. but this does seem to be a thing that all parents, and Andy, presumably you're in a situation like mm. this, where, where you have to broach. And certainly in um, in some uh, some football grounds, uh, certainly in some cricket grounds as well, they do have family stands. But it's not a commonplace thing, is it? I also, also, I've seen some dreadful behaviour <laughs> in, in family yeah. stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. that's 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 no guarantee of anything. Got it's a Manson what? family. I, I would I, <laughs> <laughs> I would say from one Andy to another, just don't worry about it too much. You, you can't protect them from that stuff. So uh, let him get out there, and uh, if he ends up calling another kid a wanker in the playground, then so be it. <laughs> I, I, I reckon that's that's my advice. Also, he could uh, tre- he could treat the ramble because we swear a bit on the ramble. Um, out of order, uh, he could treat this like a football Rosetta Stone, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what you reckon this in the in the car on the way to the game? Yeah. The, yeah. the, the thing is, I think what you what you're underestimating as well is if you take your child, the, the the common decency of the people around you, you will find that the community closes around you and really like helps your child enjoy the experience. I remember going to see a game at Brentford with my dad. Um, when they were playing Stoke, like probably like early nineties, I was I was like twelve or thirteen, I think, and trying to go around all the London grounds. Anyway, I remember sort of starting to walk towards the exit. Brentford were losing by a couple of goals near the end. Stoke scored again, and um, I, I was making my way to the exit, and this guy, this quite imposing guy, right behind me, said. Fuck off, you little wanker! <laughs> Do I, you? I remember turning around and going, like, Mr. obviously, Mr. Smith, what are you doing here? Obvi- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's his math teacher <laughs> with a really obviously quite scared and horrified face, uh-huh. and the, the bloke went, "Oh, sorry, son, I didn't mean you. I meant him." Pointing to the late great Alan Ball, who was the coach of Stoke and oh. celebrating the goal on the touchline, and, a- and after all, it was Alan Ball. <laughs> so that. <laughs> There we are. Right. So I, your 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 kid will be with after. Don't worry about it. Just I, just enjoy the experience. No, I think you can do that. Andy, spend a few quid. Like treat him to like in, in a box or something. <laughs> you should be protected there. Uh, and I think we've answered your question. What, and, what, what I'm gonna say to you, what I'm gonna say to you, son, don't spend any time with the shit munchers out there. <laughs> if it doesn't come with a meal, you're not going. Yeah, absolutely. You, he may not swear, but he may uh get involved in some class warfare. Andy. <laughs> there we go. Um from Someone we thought it was best to keep anonymous. Okay. Um, it will become apparent why. The discussion earlier this week about listener Jimmy Bond reminded me of a tricky situation I found myself in. I'm a filmmaker, writer, and film critic, and my mate's dad pitched me an idea for a film he wants to develop. Okay, sounds promising. My mate's dad, Alan, is a bit of a cockney geezer, and he wants to make a movie about a Millwall footballer who's also a part-time spy <laughs> named Jimmy Bond. Here we go. The name's Bond, Jimmy Bond. I don't want my fucking pint shaken. <laughs> Sorry, Em, can't work this weekend. Got Charlton away in the cup. You get the idea. So how do I let this guy down gently? How do I let him know that his idea is the shittest idea since Stuart Pearce played David James up front? He's a bit of a scary fella, so any suggestions on how I could avoid a punch up the bracket would be gratefully received. <laughs> I think that he should just say, I don't have the budget to make I can't do it. And, and, and I think he should say, this is a great idea. Now, we don't, clearly, we don't know who this filmmaker is. I mean, this could be, 
you know, George Lucas for all we know. Mm. Um, but I think, I'm guessing it isn't George. Mm. And I think that this uh, filmmaker, who I'm going to assume is maybe not top of the tree in his profession, because it's very, very difficult to get there in Hollywood and all that, and just say, no, this idea deserves to be in, in, you need to pitch this to the very best and try and just palm him off like that. I would say work on the idea with him for an extended period of time so it looks like you value his idea. Yeah. And then say the, the, the higher ups in like Universal Pictures or whatever are really interested in it. Mm. And then say, ah, they've hit a brick wall because... Yeah. Millwall are wanting too much to incorporate their branding into it, so unfortunately we won't be able to take it further. Yeah, and we, they want so, us to do West Ham instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> so he basically, you meant to, he's meant to spend loads and loads of time just wasting it with this guy. Well, it's not wasting it, is it? It's That's like ba- making, him fe- advice, it's, it's making him feel it, creatively sated. Andy, you are making a mockery of pep talks right now. With that yeah. Advice. <laughs> Vish, <laughs> Vish, do you have any advice? Um, well, I was about to lay into him, and then he said he's a scary fella, so I'd do what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds he sounds terrifying. Well, I look forward to it coming out of the cinema. I know, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he'd be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I tell you what, pitch that idea to Sasha Baron Cohen and he'll go with it. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. And if that is that you, Sasha... And I'm amazed you're asking us because you know what to do. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, however bizarre, send them in and we'll uh, get to them every Wednesday for Pep Talks. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at Football Ramble. Of course, gentlemen, speaking of scary men, Big Duncan Ferguson has been confirmed as the interim boss at Everton. He, he, he'll never part ways with that club. And nor should they, obviously. But you know, you know when a, a boss comes in and often gets rid of all the staff and goes, right, do they think they look at him and go, okay, yeah, fine, he could stay? Do you, do you not mean when someone like a Winston Wolf character comes in and gets rid of all the bodies? Because I feel like that's what Duncan, Duncan Ferguson's doing. No, he's time. like that. No, but you know, like sometimes they bring, when you get the new staff, everybody's a clear out of yes, staff yeah, and coaching yeah, yeah. staff and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And they look at Duncan and go, yeah, yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you've got any film ideas as well, we'll be happy to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently he took training on uh, Tuesday. He'll be in charge for the club's upcoming games, supported by John Ebrell and Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines. I was excited at John Ebrell personally. Yeah, I bet you were, Andy. I know you were excited by him. Um, uh, Now, Jose Mourinho was briefly linked yesterday to the Everton job, which is something we can all get behind because we're not Everton fans. Um, but turned down the <laughs> I mean, job. Listen to, sorry, listen to that. We can all bet behind it because it's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most decorated managers of recent years and we treat him like that, Andy. But he wants to stay with Roma. I have to say, that's probably the best hour that um, Dan Friedkin has had this season. Do you think? Where he thinks, hang about, I'm not even going to have to pay to sack him. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. It's like a oh, small compensation package. Uh, yeah. You know. Do you think, and do you and think, he's yours. Work on the poker face. Do you think he was like, Joseph, have you seen that? <laughs> have you called, is it, what, that's Hello Magazine. Have you called that in? <laughs> no. no. I, think, I think it's Rafa Benitez left and he thought, I could turn up at the club and then blame it all on Benitez. <laughs> that, I do like that idea, but no, I'll best say where I am. I, I mean, I'm not meaning to, you know, diminish the work of either of these two coaches, but he is doing a really, I guess, Portuguese Harry Redknapp at the moment. Like, like it, the, the, the way he's sitting there and going, oh, look at all this old shit that I've been left. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'd like to say him stay at Roma a bit more because it's just <laughs> an interesting time. 
I will, you know. Uh, Again, it's not my problem. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep him over there for a bit longer. Uh, Sam Allardyce did offer his assistance uh, yesterday before the appointment. He said he'd be open to becoming the new manager, but also said that it was Duncan's time. Again, he was being interviewed and said, yeah, I'd love to be the new manager. I'd love to go back there again. And then someone mentions Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, but it is his time. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, yeah. the end of that. Uh, yeah. But he did say, if they needed me to help out or if they or if they felt they needed me, yes, I, of course I would. I wouldn't say that would be a long-term thing. I mean, that, again, that would probably be their decision, Sam, um, as I don't think that would be right for Everton or for me. Uh, if I can help Duncan in any way, shape or form, I will. I mean, this is horrible. This is all <laughs> making it just worse for Everton fans. I know. Well, I a just, really yeah. hated ex-coach. An incredibly like, proud club. And there's, yeah, as you say, a sacked coach who did, like, didn't do terribly there, but it wasn't a good fit in, in the end. You know, he, he saved them and he's like, just they, going, they did they globally were, not enjoy him. No. I think it's fair no, to no, say. No, 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 yeah. right. But also, like, this, you know, even in the stuff with Roberto Martinez, which seems to suggest that Bill Cameron is a bit more involved in this process than he was at the start of the season. Uh-huh. Even all this, it must be so infuriating to be an Everton fan and feel like you're just constantly waking up in this time war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think, after yesterday's discussion mm. that Kate, Luke and Pete had, who do you think is a better dancer out of Allardyce and Martinez? Uh-huh. Well, we've seen Allardyce dance impromptu, haven't we, with mm. Akotia? Mm. Oh no! But do you not remember him dancing in the? Was it a oh, yeah. on holiday? Yeah. I, I think that's harsh. I think I think Allardyce. I think he'd be a good laugh if it was you know ties round the head. Here we go. Come on, Eileen. All that sort of stuff. But I'm more at home with that than Roberto Martinez doing like a little uh, reverse sort of. So the thing, like, reverse the car kind of dancing. The, th- the thing. At, what was it, Jason Derulo? Yeah. The yeah, thing I've like, got no, I've got nothing there with Big Sam Allardyce ties round the head. Here we go. The thing about the um, Martinez one, it was a bit more contrived, but I think that he's been sold. Uh, he's been sold down the river here because on stage, I think Jason Derulo was getting people to mimic a certain dance for a bit, which right. is why he was doing it and why the person next to him was doing it. Mm. But obviously, you don't see that; you just see them two in the in the nice seats. Yeah, Andy, you've been done there. No, well, I don't think I've been done. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the egg is still on Martinez's face here. But the, the thing, like, just to go back to the Duncan Ferguson thing, from what happened in, it was 2019, wasn't it, where he filled the gap between, was it Silva and Angelotti? Uh, yeah, but Marcus Silva and Angelotti. There was a time between them where he came in and, and uh, came in and did that role as the... Uh, and people I mean, liked it. Yeah, people liked it because he. Mm. I, I feel like what he did was he re- restored a sense of pride. But if we can take that as given, because who's going to disagree with him? Um, and, you know, there'll be more hugs and stuff like that. And there'll be a sense of, like, oh, you know, this this feels a bit more like <laughs> Everton. More hugs. Yeah. But there... <laughs> The, the the things that really need to get sorted is is the the order and the complete disarray the squads in, which is kind of the work of two years, isn't it? Yeah. You can't suddenly undo no, three different transfer regimes and people who yeah. want out and people who are sellable on certain stage and, and and just think this is going to get better by the end of the season. I, I agree. He's he's by no means the worst name on the list, and I, I think a, a and that's huge... a problem in itself, though. <laughs> yeah, t- totally. But I think a huge part of that is recognising the fact that at the moment, just appointing someone, and as the guys were saying yesterday, the range of the candidates really underlined that they don't know what they're doing. I think if you've got someone who's got the best interest of the club at heart, who's not demanding a load of money to spend on transfers, which, for the record, I think is the worst thing they could do at the moment. They've needed to prune that squad for a, a really long time. Someone who's just prepared to roll his sleeves up and work with what they've got for this uh-huh. next period that's 
not going to be great. You know, they're not going to... I know um, we're talking about the potential of, you know, them getting it right and getting to sixth place or whatever. Mm. That's a way off at the moment. Yeah. They've got a lot they need to sort out. And I, I don't think someone who's really got the best interest of the club at heart and who is really liked is a terrible choice in that context. Roy Hodgson. Um, <laughs> Andy, I think that... Uh, but I think it's frustrating. Just to finish off, I, I agree because Everton, I think that they've been hanging around that same position. You know, where do you think Everton will finish the season? Eighth, ninth kind of thing. If a striker's not, or, or a player's not good enough for a top sort of six club, but he's, he's not, but Everton, maybe that's the, the next move for somebody like that. They, they want to kick on. They, they've seen other clubs of, of similar sort of sizes and statures and histories and so on. Have a little tilt that win, win the old trophy. Look at what Leicester have done. Or even, even to say, compare them to say Arsenal or Spurs, which some people might sound, think is ridiculous. But they see clubs, you know, have a have a go and have a, get a bit of European football and all that kind of stuff, and they've just it's just not quite happened. And when they came, when the when the when the when the new owner came in, a lot of money spent and so on, they've just not progressed, have they? And it's and it's and it's a shame. And they've made a lot of mistakes. But what I would say to Everton fans, though, and here's a little bit of uh, uh, you know inspiration for you. Um, it's a quote I saw on social media yesterday, and it's of course by. Pitbull and it says <laughs> you don't make mistakes mistakes make you therefore they're mistakes and I think Everton have made a lot of mistakes <laughs> and they're going to look forward to the times when they truly blossom into the club they want to be Andy oh, look, there's nothing I can add to a Pitbull quote really absolutely absolutely talking of mistakes we go to into Miami Andy um, uh, yes their pre-season preparations for the 2022 how has this gone here what how is this? I wonder the... how it's got on here, Vish. I really can't work it out. This is, this is like the Everton of running order. How is this in there? <laughs> I'm in Fizz's pockets, uh, and it's very quiet in here. Better than being his line of fire. Go yeah, on. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, their preparations for the 2022 MLS season started this week. That's why it's in here. It's big news. Okay, Blaze Matweedy. He's won the World Cup, Vish. Uh, he's on the verge of leaving the club. Um, uh, he, he's not been very good in Major League Soccer. They've had to pay a $2 million fine, the club did, after going over the salary cap for his wages. And it's not been money well spent, Andy. Who'd have thought a player like that who'd be extremely valuable in a different context wouldn't work for them? Mm. Well, I'm Fizz, shocked. Fizzer believes that they have a younger, more hungry team lined up for this season. And he said of last season, we were never a team. So they're ready. What, right. do, you think? what do you think, Vish Silverware? No, Luis Suarez keeps linking, keeps being linked with a move for, for into Miami. <laughs> I mean, would that be a good move for Luis? Do you think he's too angry for Fizzer? Do you think Fizzer could tame Suarez? No, I don't think. He I suppose you wouldn't want to really. But do you think? No. Okay, let's put this a different way. Do you think Suarez has any respect whatsoever for Philip Neville? No, I don't think he's even heard of him. <laughs> Why don't we go the full hog and um, pair him with Diego Costa there into we... Miami? Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you are talking. Uh, tonight, everybody, Leicester City versus Spurs, Brentford versus Manchester United. Two big games. Antonio Conte said yesterday that his side need to do something in the January transfer window, even if it is not the best opportunity. It's, they're being linked with Adama, Adama Traore, which is uh, an interesting one. So we shall see how that uh, plays out. Um, and Leicester, of course, have got their own uh, squad problems, but expect uh, seven injured players to return for the game tonight, which is reinforcements that they need, Vish, because they've not had a great time of it. Yeah, although they haven't played much particularly. They haven't played twice in the last couple of weeks, haven't they? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't this be their first Premier League game of 2022? So they're in a, it feels like they're in a spot where they, you know, they, I suppose they 
can start again because you know they had a pretty strong win against Watford in the FA Cup. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose the Spurs thing, Adama Traore is just going to be a squad player at a different club. You know, mm-hmm. he's not regular for for Wolves, so I'm not entirely sure what the attraction would be beyond obviously a race. He plays more than he doesn't play though at Wolves. But he, okay, well, so then he's going to play a bit, a little bit less uh, uh-huh. at Spurs, I think, because he won't, he won't be in their first team squad. Sorry, first, it, they won't be in their first eleven. He'll yeah. just be a perennial, perennial impact sub. Yeah, know? but when Conte says they need to do something, yeah, that it, wouldn't be the worst thing to do. No, no, exactly. But then when you hear that as Traore, it's like, well, cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> well, we just needed to get any of them. <laughs> so, so. so basically, they have to buy someone to not anger him. Mm. Yes, yeah. Seems Maybe be. that's it. Yeah. Any port in a storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right. Uh, Brentford uh, host Manchester United, and they're going to they're they're very glad, of course, that it's going to be at the Brentford Community Stadium. In light of reports that a Manchester United player told an opponent not to eat the post match food at Old Trafford because, to quote him, it's shit. How about that? <laughs> well, this is maybe all food's shit. But because managers keep getting rid of ketchup, there's no way of cloaking it in, in something else. You know, adding your own flavour, uh, your own sauces. No, so. but isn't, isn't isn't this part of like the post-COVID world or the you know during well, COVID world? Due to COVID restrictions, the club now leave packed lunches for both the team and opponents outside their dressing room. I mean, already that sounds horrible. Why? It's not going to be nice, is it? Well, they're not going to put yeah. like Monster Munch in there. <laughs> no, but they can't... that would be nice. Yeah, that would be actually because that will travel well. Discos. Yeah, yeah exactly. Discos. <laughs> 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 I, th- I, I think we've uh, get spied... a double decker down here. Yeah. Spotted hey. a gap in the market. Market yeah, yeah, preparing the pack lunches. Darily <laughs> uh... lunchables. What are they doing to us? You just yeah. imagine Anthony Martial going. This is why I want to leave Manchester yeah. United. Is this a bloody y- pork <laughs> pie again? Oh, is this man. a yackle? Oh dear me! Right, gentlemen. We end the show with the sad news um, of the passing of Paco Gento, the uh, Real Madrid and Spain uh, legend, of course, uh, passed away yesterday. Spent 18 years with Real Madrid and is the only player to win six European Cups. What a player he was, Andy. Yeah, he really was. And, and some people really... may not have heard of him, but he's a, a true legend of the game, especially in Spain. Yeah, 12 um, domestic titles, six European Cups. Um, and of course, Marcelo just matched his total of mm. 23 trophies just the other day, going one ahead of Sergio Ramos. And uh, Gento was someone who, um, as, as Sid Lowe wrote, was someone who he, he never thought he would make it at a big club because yeah. he was he was really uh, from the provinces. He's pretty quiet and shy. But the endorsement of Alfredo Di Stefano really, really helped him. And, you know, if you think about it, he was part of this team that made Real Madrid what they are because yeah. those... Um, winning the first five European Cups established them uh-huh. as like a that's a very important point force. to make because the, yeah. as you say we all know Real Madrid for being this possible arguably the biggest club in the world this is where it really started yeah and it's it's, it's not just the trophies it's the way they did it and he was he was such an exciting winger he was really part of you know how good that team were to watch. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, uh, everybody, uh, we're now going to finish the show. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. If you haven't spotted it, you can give us a little star rating on Spotify now. We will bloody love you for it. Much appreciated. On tomorrow's show, Kate, Jim and Andy will be in your ears. Get your lug holes around that one. Thank you very much for listening to today's show, though. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Patricia Andaraj. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.